Hi, thanks for listening to C3 Hobart Online. If this message impacts you in any way, please don't hesitate to contact us. Thanks for listening. 2 Timothy 1.7, and I'm using the New King James Version. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. For those who have just returned from holidays, welcome home and it is great to have you back. For those who are guests with us here today, uh, welcome. And I want to encourage you, I've been around churches for a long time, I know boats, you know. I've been around churches for a long time. If you are new with us or you've been with us over the January period and you're kind of going, what is this all about? Can I encourage you, don't be shy in connecting with us in order that we can connect with you. And I really mean that. Because we can walk into church sometimes and go, nobody talked to me. But we hid in the toilets or somewhere else or we ran out the door. And, and I, I really encourage, just help try and connect with us so that we can try and connect with you. Because I will stand on who we are as a foundation, that we are a church that wants to build relationship and connect with you. We'll get a few things wrong and there'll be, as we do this 9 and 11 kind of service thing, I'm sure there'll be a couple of things that we will uh, get a little bit wrong as we go along the way. But uh, that's what family's about, isn't it? Having a bit of fun as we do it. We're in a series called Balance. And the intent of these teachings uh, has been to use the scriptures to help guide us in areas of life where we can get a little bit unbalanced. In week one, I spoke about the value and significance uh, that God places on our lives and how we can sometimes drift away to that I am unworthy. When we look up at the creation, I spoke about uh, the January period where we get the opportunity to look at God's creation and what we can do is that we can actually become a little bit unbalanced in our thinking in that we kind of feel like we are not worthy. When God says to us, we are his masterpiece. Last week, I looked at a scripture where the, uh, the Pharisees just couldn't seem to get it right. They couldn't get their balance between religion and relationships quite right. And how unintentionally, we also might be able to fall into those traps. And then today, I want to spend some time exploring the balance between faith and fear. I'm going to read a quote from an author called Norman Peale. And he says this, he said, in my opinion, there are two primary forces that drive our thinking, fear and faith. Both exist. Yet I have found that if you focus on one, it will eventually move you to sickness, despair and unhelpful thoughts and only rarely will it motivate you to accomplish. Yet it is my experience that only faith has the ability to set you free. Balance in its most pure form, most pure definition, is finding the, the, the equilibrium uh, of, of opposing forces, which is, which is what I want to kind of touch on today with this message. And my prayer is, is that, that God is using your very presence here today to help set you free from that which is holding you back. The simple fact that you've walked in the door today for many people is a big thing. And we cannot underestimate, we, we might think to ourselves, well, it's kind of like the alarm clock went off an hour earlier than normal. 
And so we, we, uh, we, just, we just get up and we go to church. For some people, to walk in the door today is a challenge inside itself. And so my prayer is that by simply doing this, that God will speak to you and through you and that there will be a, 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 just this peace that will come upon you today. Fear is multifaceted. And there's some areas of life that, uh, that just don't bother us at all. When the person's sitting next to us, it can be the worst thing in the entire world for them. I was staggered to find out that glossophobia or the fear of public speaking is thought to affect over 75% of the adult population. And for 25% of them, according to uh, what's called the DSM or the Mental Health Bible out there, uh, according to that, over 25% of people will actually suffer some form of physical symptoms as a result of having to do it. And as you ex- it would expect, arachnophobia or the, the um, acrophobia, sorry, the fear of heights is listed as the most common, as is arachnophobia and claustrophobia. But as I studied this DSM, I was uh, a little bit uh, disappointed to find that electorphobia, which is actually derived from the Greek word elector, which means rooster, and phobos, which means fear, and basically means having an irrational fear of chickens, (laughs) was listed at about 114 on the list. I mean, have a look at these things. They are crazy, they are destructive, and I actually suffer from manifestations of physical symptoms when I get around these things. It is truth. It is truth that Timmy and I were running up uh, Cascade Road And I set the quickest time known to man. When Timmy pointed out that there was a a herd of, are they a herd? A gaggle? A flock of chickens coming towards me. Seriously, I ran the next kilometre quicker than I have ever done in my entire life. I'm telling you, this is real, people. This is real. There is a story behind it. Do you know I did not eat chicken until I got married? I couldn't, I couldn't even eat. If my mum served up chicken, I couldn't even eat it. True story. It's kind of weird. I'm just sharing all my darkest secrets here, people. Do you know fear is real, though? Fear is real, and the fear of rejection is very real for some people. And with the advent of, of what I call the comparative generation, this is a a problem that is not going away quickly. And when I say the comparative generation is that we can show our very best on our social media and our photos. I, I remember the times when you would go to the chemist and you'd have a roll of 24 that you would get developed and you might find two good photos in there. We do exactly the same thing now. We put our two very best photos on and we chuck out the rest, right? The fear of failure is very real, and every A-type personality just headed for the doors. 
The fear of intimacy is very real for some people. Not wanting to get close to someone because normally it's associated with them in pain. The fear of losing control is very real. I want to read a scripture to you from Matthew chapter 14, verse 22. I'm reading from the NLT. It'll come up on the screens or if you have your Bibles there. Matthew chapter 14. Immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. After sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land, for a strong wind had risen and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came towards them walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them at once and said, don't be afraid. He said, take courage, I am here. Then Peter called to him, Lord, if it is really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Jesus, sorry, yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the other side of the boat and walked on the water towards Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. Then the disciples worshipped him. You really are the son of God, they exclaimed. I've shared a story before about this crazy Frenchman called Charles Blondin. Charles Blondin is recognised as the first person to traverse the length of the Niagara Falls on a tightrope. 1,100 feet was the distance. The tightrope was a three-inch, which is eight centimetre apparently, a three-inch cable. This man walked downstream, but he walked 1,100 feet on a three-inch cable, on a tightrope. This was over 100 years ago, so he didn't have uh, cabling and roping to hold him. He literally just walked as he was. I don't know where they had those stick things. Maybe they had those stick things. It was reported that he walked across just, across to one side and then back to the other. And there was a crowd started gathering because word had got around that this feat was happening. And he did it again. The second time he did it, he pushed a wheelbarrow across and back again. And the third time he did it, it was reported that he took a little camp stove with him and cooked an omelette in the middle. Twelve times he did this. On the twelfth time, he took a chair, walked with it in the middle, placed it there and stood on the chair on a three-inch cable. 160 metres above Niagara Falls. Obviously, every time he did this, the crowd roared in appreciation at the feet of this man. It was after the 12th time when he got back to the shore and they say the crowd was in the thousands by this stage. Blundine said, 
So who now wants to get on my back and I'll carry you across? There was silence. And he said, you've just seen me. I, I pushed a wheelbarrow. I stood on a chair in the middle of the Niagara Falls. So he asked a second time and there was silence. He asked a third time. And again, there was silence. You see, everyone believes until it involves them. The first part of my text said this, immediately after this, which was in reference to, to the disciple, where the disciples had just witnessed Jesus feeding 5,000 family units. The story is, for those who don't know, that Jesus and, and there was a crowd of people around him. It wasn't 5,000 people. It was 5,000 family units or 5,000 men and their families. And the story is, is that Jesus took five loaves and two fish, probably enough to feed one family unit or maybe two. He blessed them. He got the provisions and he fed 5,000. The disciples that were there when he saw that. The same disciples saw Jesus calm storms. The same disciples saw Jesus heal people. The same disciples saw Jesus raise people from the dead. And every time I hear this message preached on, and I've heard it many times, the focus is always on Peter who stepped out of the boat. And people talk about the fact of whether he lost faith or he lost focus or whether he shouldn't have done it in the first place. But the, the thing is this, is that the other disciples didn't even get out. You see, everybody believes until it involves them. The others didn't even try. And I have been guilty in my life of seeing God's miracles at work, yet then when it comes to me, I, I, I kind of go back and go, well, it couldn't happen to me. I've stood on the altar and I've prayed for other people and I've seen miracles happen. I've seen relationships restored. I've seen health come to them. Yet then when I've got something going on in my own life, I'm kind of like, well, no, God couldn't do it to me. You see, everybody believes it until it involves them. I find it interesting that this same story that is told in John, in the Gospel of John, so there's four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, and in the, in, in the Gospel of John, this same story is retold, but doesn't even include Peter getting out of the boat. John speaks of the waves and the rough sea, and John speaks of the winds that have come up, and he speaks of Jesus walking towards them, and, he, and it says, do not be afraid, I'm here, but it doesn't even talk about Peter getting out of the boat. In the quote I read earlier, Norman Peale speaks of two primary forces that ultimately dominate the way we live our lives. And I haven't got time today to speak into the detail of, of fear or faith and, and what it comes about, but I'm going to say that it is, it is not a matter of one or the other. So many quotes go out there. You can, you can Google quotes on faith and fear and you will find so many quotes there that says that you cannot live a life in fear. It says that, it says that if you're living a life in fear, that, that ultimately you're a failure. I'm going to say it's not a matter of one or the other. It's a matter of ensuring we get the balance right. 
You see, because if we think to ourselves, there's no way I can live in fear, actually what we do is we live in the fear of not having fear. What I believe God is saying in this passage is getting the balance right. Whether Peter walked or whether he's going to drown, what I loved is that he did it afraid. Growing up, I said to my girls, whatever you do, do it afraid. When Jesus said in verse 27, do not be afraid, take courage, I am here. I don't believe he was chastising them for not having faith. In fact, when Jesus reached out his hand and grabbed a sinking Peter, he said, he, and, and said, why did you count on me? He said, I believe he was saying to him, do it afraid. And this might change your thinking a little bit. I'm not saying every person has to stand up on this pulpit and share because glossophobia is a real fear. But when you are faced with the opportunity to share the gospel with your neighbour, do it afraid. When a friend confides in you that they're facing a difficult season, don't text back with the emoji of praying hands. Get on the phone or better be, be generous and head by the local cafe and get two coffees, turn up to them and, and say to them, can I actually pray with you? Do it afraid. I have never in the existence of my life found someone who has said to me, no, I don't want you to pray for me. Not once. I believe the most ardent person who is facing the most difficult struggle actually craves someone to pray for them. When you see a need to serve in the church, don't look over your shoulder thinking to yourself, someone can do it better. Do it afraid. When you really desire to sign up for a connection point with Sev, but you think to yourself, I have this fear of intimacy and if I walk in the room, people are going to know my deepest, darkest secrets and, and I'm going to suffer from rejection if they hurt me. I, I want to encourage you to do it afraid. You see, the balance is found in not, not having the fear, but in finding the faith to overcome the fear. Steve, I believe in a church family I believe in our connection point leaders who will embrace you and love you just as you are. As we come towards a close, I want to, I want to go back to the first text that I read out, which was a letter from, young, from Paul to a young man called Timothy. The interesting part about this text is that biblical scholars will say that Timothy, although who was an audacious, young, inspirational leader who was well uh, versed in the scriptures at the time, that actually faced many, many battles from the community. You see, Timothy was stepping up to lead a church in a time when it was a new community. 
And that's why Paul said to him, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. You see, it doesn't say God has not given us fear. There is fears that are there all the time. When the disciples were in the boat, they struggled with a fear. Yet God didn't wipe them off and say, well, you saw me, this, this was your test, you're done. He reached out His hand to Peter. He picked him up. But do you remember what he said? He said, you have little faith. You see, the balance is having faith over fear. Bear Girls puts it this way. Both faith and fear may sail into your harbour, but the importance is to only allow faith to drop anchor in your life. Did Peter lose focus? Maybe. Did he have fear as he's walking on water? Sure. Was he terrified? Probably. But did he do it afraid? Absolutely. You see, doing it afraid is saying, God, I put my faith in you. I might have the fear but I'm going to put my faith in you. The balance is going to be my faith in you. As we come to a close, I just want you to to close your eyes for one moment. Because I understand a message like this can dig deep into people. Because you might be in a season yourself where there's so many fears going around that you're actually fearing fear itself. That there's so many challenges and and they may be legitimate things that have come up in your life that have caused you to actually fear. They've caused you to be afraid. And the reason you You don't put up your hand for a connection point is because last time you did, you got hurt. And I'm sorry for that. The last time you put up your hand to serve, you you felt like you were abused. And I'm sorry for that. The last time you reached out to someone and offered to pray for them. Maybe it didn't go so well and it got back to somebody else and just didn't work out. And I'm sorry for that. There must have been so many things going through the mind of Peter and those disciples. Fishermen who knew boats as they sat in the water, getting overtaken by waves. Yet Jesus said to them, do not be afraid, take courage. I am here. Do not be afraid, take courage, I am here. 
You see, if you, if you haven't accepted Jesus into your life before, you may not know what I'm talking about. Or maybe you have accepted Jesus into your life, but you've been doing things your own way. I'm going to encourage you right now. We're going to close our eyes. I'm going to encourage you right now. That if you want to use this time to say, God, I want to put my faith in you. The reason I'm living in fear is because I've been doing things myself and things haven't worked out well. I want to put my faith in you. I want to encourage you just to put up your hand just where you are. Thank you. I can see that hand. Is there any others? Just where we are. All our eyes are closed. Our prayer team will be, would love to pray with you. Thank you. I can see that hand as well. Is there any others? Just this morning, I'm not going not to lay this. Just put them up high if you can, guys. Just put them up nice and high. Is there any others? Just this morning. Thank you. I can see that hand. Thank you. I can see that hand. Where you want to say, God, I want to put my faith in you. My balance has been off track. I've been living in fear because I've been doing things myself. Thank you. I can see that hand. Just nice and high, guys. Our prayer team would love to pray with you just for one minute. There might even be a fear now of putting up your hand saying, what am I stepping into? I'm going to tell you this. You're stepping into a community of people that love you. You're stepping into a God that will care for you. Just 10 more seconds. If that's you, just put up your hand. Fantastic. I can see that hand as well. Thank you. They can put their hands down. Church, we're going to close with a song in just a moment. You can open your eyes. We're going to close in just a moment. I want to finish with a, a text from Peter. The same Peter who stepped out of a boat. The same Peter who it's been preached on so many times, lost focus and, and lost faith. The same Peter who, who did some really dumb things. The same Peter, though, who I believe did it afraid. And it says this. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so at the proper time He may exalt you. Cast all your anxieties, fears on Him. Why? Because He cares for you. same Peter when he's down in the water sinking looked up and saw and felt the hand of Jesus reach out and together they got back in the boat if you feel like you're sinking today you feel like you're one of those disciples that sat in the boat and didn't even prepare to get out. I want to tell you that there is a Jesus out there that will carry your load. He says, cast your anxieties, your fears on Him because He cares for you. It doesn't say you won't have them. It doesn't say that you won't have anxiety. It doesn't say you won't have fear. But it says, cast them on Him. The balance is having the faith over the fear.
Hi, thanks for listening to C3 Hobart Online. We hope you've enjoyed this message. If you'd like to know more, you can find us at c3hobart.org.au.